Hey all you beautiful coffee lovers and welcome back to the Home Barista Podcast with me, your host, Sean, aka The Drumming Barista. And here we are guys in episode nine and I am beyond myself to bring this episode to you as it is the first group episode here on the Home Barista Podcast and I'm joined by an insane crew of people. So allow me to introduce them to you all. First up we have Jay aka your local barista who works as a full-time barista, coffee roaster and coffee influencer. We got Logan, owner and founder of Hammerstone Coffee, also a full-time barista, barista championship competitor and tutor of all things coffee and the industry. In third place, we've got Ant, AKA The Magic Roast, who is a self-confessed coffee geek, caffeine addict and an all-round bloody legend of the industry in his own right. And making her debut here on the Home Barista Podcast is Mechalina, AKA Coffee That Gives a Puck ex-full-time barista, coffee YouTube queen, and a very vocal advocate of the New Zealand coffee scene. I invited this group of people on for this episode of the podcast to have a big open form discussion around the topic of is coffee becoming boring? A controversial topic I know, but with the global rise in the price of coffee and the rise once again in instant coffee, supermarket brand and speciality brand, it is a question that I personally have been asking myself for a little while now. I won't go into too much detail here as the discussions had within this podcast episode are incredible and really push the boundaries to get everyone involved thinking and talking about this particular topic. Before we jump into the episode, allow me to take the next period of time to encourage you to hit that follow or subscribe button and encourage those of you who are thinking about creating a podcast about a topic that is on your mind or burning deep within your heart. Please, please, please bring that to life. I want to hear about it and others want to hear about it as well. And I think you'll be surprised how many people do actually want to hear about it. So when you're ready to bring your podcast to life and start recording, I highly recommend Riverside FM. Riverside FM is the easiest way to record podcasts and video podcasts in studio quality from anywhere, all within the browser so no extra software is needed. The best part is guys, you don't even need a credit card to get started. Riverside FM have pricing plans available from a free plan to a paid plan being 50 New Zealand dollars a month. So ready to learn more about Riverside FM? Click the link in the show notes or description of this episode. It is an affiliate link. So if you if you click the link and sign up, I receive a nice little commission that will be put straight back in to the Home Barista podcast. Well, without any further ado, make sure you have a beautiful cup of coffee in hand, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, everyone. Well, welcome to the Home Bristol Podcast. Uh, I'm so excited to be here today. We have Jay aka your local barista. We've got Logan, uh, owner and founder of Hammerstone Coffee. We've got making her debut. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> We've got Michalina, aka Coffee That Gives a Puck on Instagram, um, who also lives in Christchurch alongside myself, which is pretty cool. So kia ora, kia ora. And then we've got the bro, um, the aka the magic roast, the man, the myth, the legend, Ant. AKA the Magic Race. I even introed you twice. Oh, that's beautiful. Kia ora, Kia ora, Kia ora. And Hi. 
We are here today, guys, for those of you listening on the podcast, to talk around a bit of a controversial topic, mm-hmm. if I say so myself, <laughs> um, which is, is coffee becoming boring? Uh, so this is a topic that I have been thinking about quite a bit myself lately, um, trying to make sense of that. What do I mean by that? Is coffee becoming boring? Uh, reason why I invited the guys on to uh, this podcast is because we've got a vast array of people throughout the industry. So um, Jay, who works, of course, as a full-time barista slash roaster uh, for first-hand coffee in the beautiful Hawke's Bay region. Hawks Bay. We've got Logan who is also a barista, a barista <laughs> championship competitor, a roaster, a coffee roaster brand owner. I don't know what I do. <laughs> Bit of everything. Um, Michalina, who is currently working as a barista, but is also an ex-barista, um, <laughs> who true. does a lot of coffee stuff. I have I have named her the YouTube coffee queen. Um <laughs> Just because she is, she's got a fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) She's got a fantastic YouTube channel that we'll link to uh, in the show notes and the description. And then, of course, we've got Ant, who we all know um, as just an absolute legend of the coffee industry with his blog, The Magic Roast Online. You know, throwing out lines (laughs) and hitting all those controversial topics with people. So I'm excited. For this episode because as i said these people are very open-minded about coffee um open-minded about the industry have a good vibe around the industry and i knew the conversation would be amazing so yeah i'm i'm stoked i'm excited uh the way this episode is going to work is it's going to be quite open form it's going to be very loose um i'm not gonna try and do too much talking on this particular episode um, and I just want the guys to take us through their thoughts and the journey of is coffee becoming boring? So, Ant, aka the Magic Roast, let's begin with you, bro. Oh, I was hoping is, coffee, <laughs> is coffee is coffee for you? <laughs> is coffee for you becoming boring? Let's begin with this, and we'll go around the circle. Get us up. Yes, no, yes, and also no. I don't know. I mean, this has been one of the toughest questions to try to figure out over the last kind of couple of weeks because in, in many respects, yes, it has. It's sort of like plateaued and reached a, a, an amazing sort of level of consistency and awesomeness. And because of that, you've just got so – well, I've got so used to it. I've got so used to excellence that none of it seems to be pushing – uh, the envelope as much as it used to for me, but I can't tell whether that's me or the industry. So, you know, it's been kicking around in my mind for a bit. Yes, it is. Maybe it's not. I don't know. This is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful thing because I say no when I open up a, a little baggie of the uh, the first-hand Colombian <laughs> Pinot Noir, <laughs> the Pinot Noir gin-aged barrel age craziness and think no this like this is exciting this is a new corner i see you know i'm 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 starting off sitting on the fence cool (laughs) nice bro michalina hit us up is coffee for you becoming boring Mm, no not at all and yeah straight away (laughs) i can i mean i think it really depends on the circumstances that you are in because 
if you, let's say, work as a barista who doesn't have too much of a passion to coffee, but just take it as a regular job and makes coffee every day, same order, same customers, same blend every day, it might get quite boring. But then it's up to you whether you want to take it to the next level. And I think there is still so much to discover for coffee. And even the industry, like it's true that it's been... Mm, like it jumped to next level very quickly recently from what it used to be a few years ago and it feels like there is nothing else can happen with quality of beans let's say but I don't think it's true because first of all it's just a small percentage of coffee industry that we work with like specialty coffee it's still such a small uh, percentage in general of a coffee production that Sometimes I think we are in this little bubble that we think everyone thinks the same way because we meet people who are equally passionate about coffee and we talk about all the new innovations, blah, blah, blah. And then you go to your family event and no one, no one really understands you. <laughs> and I think there's still so much to do in that matter, like to work on the awareness of what coffee can be. And it's never going to become boring to me because this is like sort of my let it go in my coffee career to explain what stands behind coffee and how it can change over like even just between few bags of coffee. Mm. And if every single person will understand that, let's say, farmers on the plantations are not paid for their job, maybe just to cover the cost of the, the production of coffee then I won't say that the coffee is boring. Like if that happens, like everyone knows, I'm like, okay, now it becomes boring. There is nothing else we have to do. Mm. But also mm. there's so much, like I could just go on and go on that. <laughs> I think we can, we just yeah. take it step by step. Let's everyone else <laughs> talk to them as well. Epic. Yeah, but yeah, I'll nice. definitely say, no, it's not boring. Okay, cool. I love that. This is going to be so good. <laughs> um, Jay, hit us up. What do you reckon? I think definitely it's, for me personally, it's not boring. Uh, maybe for like a consumer customer side, it's probably definitely mm -hmm. taken more so of a step back, whether that be just because of the times and everyone's after <laughs> conveniency rather than actually being able to experiment or have that free cash flow to buy new gear side of things where say for me now personally I've been some of you know I've been given the title of head roaster for first hand coffee so that's like a huge new mm. rabbit hole to let's go let's go down <laughs> into and it's it's a fun ride so it's 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 a big journey on one side to the other I think I think eventually it will marry up again. You know, there's got to be a bit of balance and unevenness to create something as a whole at the end. So, yeah. Amazing! I love that. That's so good. And also, this is this is why uh, Jay and Logan, I brought you both on because of the fact that you're both deep into like the roasting side of it, right? Working closely with the people, sourcing sourcing the beans, sourcing the coffee. So like you, in a way you kind of have like an 
kind of have like an upper level, right? So if I was to kind of rank us a little bit, it's kind of like, <laughs> which I know sounds a bit weird, but just for just for kind of context of how I'm thinking and like what I, yeah, how I'm currently thinking about this, it's like me down here, ex barista guy, social media influence. I hate saying that about myself, but all good. Um, and then, well, that kind of encapsulates like me and Ant in a way, like both just absolutely loving life, enjoying coffee, experimenting, trying new things. Mechalena, who is kind of in the middle, you know, she's got like a real good amount of knowledge um, behind the bar, um, hands on with the beans, hands on talking to the customers. Also incorporates Jay in that middle bit just a bit. But then you've got Jay and Logan, like kind of kind of top of like the food chain in a way, right? Or top of the coffee chain, I suppose, who are really um, on the ins and outs of it every single day, dealing with those people, understanding what is happening a bit more in and then how that affects the consumer end of it so but we'll come mm. to that logan hit us up bro <laughs> is coffee becoming boring for you man and i love just to just to step in um, i love what you sent me through the message and i appreciate oh. appreciate you know the kind of position that you're in at the moment which is why <laughs> makes me the villain I, <laughs> it kind of does a little bit so i uh, yeah. so I wholeheartedly appreciate what you're going to share throughout the whole of this episode. So yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Like coffee itself has a lot of potential, um, both just over here and internationally, like you're seeing unique processing methods, you're seeing new varieties. Um, it's really just been, I think to me depends on like what sort of what you're passionate about in the industry. Um, and for someone like myself, whose roots is in sort of the cafe industry and sort of seeing that, especially pass over i think we've sort of stagnated a bit in terms of that innovation i mean when i say we i mean sort of new zealand just because we don't really have the population to just like <laughs> i think michelin was saying like people just like they enjoy their cup of coffee but um i think we're just sort of lacking not the accountability but sort of that drive and sort of something to push us a bit higher um Five years ago, we were definitely like making inroads, but I think the world sort of stuck it in one place. Yeah, sort of blown away a bit, um, and it's it's difficult because I mean, COVID's mean, meant we have had to, had to sort of like go back to what we know and just just keep things ticking over. Um, and I think yeah, Jay was saying as well, we haven't been able to experiment as much um, as an industry. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what this coming year brings. Um, I think a lot of our value in the, in the sort of cafe and hospitality industry was what international um, like people brought to our industry. Like they saw the world around and bought some of that and enthusiasm to it as well. Um, so coffee itself, I think has got a lot of potential. We've, we've um, in the last couple of years, we're seeing like a few new green, uh, quite a few new um, green coffee suppliers come into New Zealand, which has been great because for the longest time we were sort of had a bit of a lack of suppliers. Um, <laughs> sort of Joe's familiar, <laughs> but um, yeah, we're seeing some real cool, cool people coming in. Um, and so I think we'll probably, I think we we've definitely going up. Um, but I just think we need a bit more drive in terms of like, I don't know what ha what's happening, sort of yeah, on, on the sort of in the cafe industry. It's super interesting that you talk about innovation, Logan. Like a couple yeah. of weeks ago, it's probably a couple of months ago now, I did a blog on the Go check it out. 
where I, I yeah. kind of reached out to a couple of roasters after I had a pretty terrible and consistently terrible experience with some beans. And, and I asked them, man, yeah. is this a, is this a sort of trend that we're seeing uh, within New Zealand? And some of the comments back I got were pretty interesting. And one of them was that the, that the quality of the roasters and the skill and knowledge of the roasters in New Zealand hasn't necessarily kept up with the quality that is coming to us. So we get really high quality beans and potentially the roasters around the place, not throwing shade on people here, um, <laughs> aren't, aren't, aren't able to get the best out of it. And you end up getting, as a consumer, a lot of coffee that either tastes the same or doesn't have the edge or doesn't have any of the new or interesting things in it. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, Jay can probably speak just as much, but I'm like, that roastering is industry, industry, right? Because it's, it's, an, it's a lifelong profession. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we're seeing like, which is great at the moment because we're seeing a lot of new roasters come in. Um, like I've only been delving into roasting for the last couple of years and yeah, I can't speak for Jay as well, but um, very much the yeah. same, I think. How long have you been at First Hand for? Oh, I've been working, yeah. say, with the bean at least seven years, but yeah. I'm roasting yeah. it not even a year yet. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's interesting. I think we've yeah, like like I said, there's a lot of potential. I think um, like I was talking to Joe from Chilled Out earlier on, and he's like keen to get into it as well. And I think, like I said, we've got a lot of potential in the coming years. I think it's just we've just sort of struggled from not having as much ex- like international mm-hmm. influence. So I think it's sort of like if I may we're add something, I don't work as a roster, but yeah. speaking of international <laughs> people. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. taking how the how little options here are for trainings, and so mm. when you start roasting, you kind of have to wing it first. Probably, if you are not lucky enough to work with someone who has years of experience or been traveling in countries where there are yeah. many people experienced with new types of beans and new processing methods, so they can share the knowledge with you. While here, everyone's like, yeah, I know that the good coffee exists, but how do I work with that coffee? It's totally different story because it's not, It's I think it's really difficult to get the potential out of the beans if you don't know how they're going to act in the roster. So, and also they are expensive. So not many people actually want to <laughs> waste money yeah. trying to make them tasting good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a perfect point. And that brings me on to one of my points as well that I'm going to drop in a little bit earlier than what I thought I was going to. <laughs> and Ant, bro, it goes it goes without saying that this, that this thought that I had came from your post and what you were talking about. Um, and yeah, about how um, coffee seems to be a little bit overwhelmingly bad or boring. I'm just going to say it. So this is me from like a personal thing at the moment is because it's, it's so expensive to buy that roasters don't want to roast it further than what they feel it should be. So could that potentially be a question for you guys? Could that potentially be where we're seeing coffee becoming a little bit boring as because is because the geisha we had last year was roasted so well 
and compared to this year because they don't want to ruin a because they don't want to ruin a sack of coffee or ruin a whole batch of coffee it's just not the same does that make sense yeah yeah mm. Jade, you want to well <laughs> say say when you get a new bean in obviously yeah it depending on the process and yeah. where it's from the altitude anything like that it can have play a big part into how it's going to roast um even down to yeah, how it's course. stored um so as long as everything is, seems to be like in the in the right kind of definitely storage moisture etc things like that you want to make sure that it's not going to be completely crazy when roasting so i've got a 15 kilo geese that we use at first hand and so that's on gas and I was lucky enough to learn from someone who has roasted internationally. So I feel like I've got a really good mentor. I've got other people within the company that also know how to roast, that we can bounce ideas off, which always helps. And so basically, I feel when you do your first roast, you go in with your rough idea of, you know, this is where I want to do these changes to this amount of pressure, rada, rada, rah, to trying to keep it simple. <laughs> but then it can either go one way or the other and you just obviously in picture is to have a great product at the end yes it might not have had the say full development time that it is needed um, but then you know within after you've cupped it then you kind of know where to make your changes next and that's the best kind of movement that you can do rather than fully committing to doing three or four roasts of that one type of single origin. Um, but then again, it could also be like wine. You know, you're going to have your off years. You're going to have great years. Um, it could be from the same farm, same area, everything like that. But it might not have just produced as great a crop as last year's or the previous months. So it's, every roast is always going to be different. You have to be ready to make those quick changes if needed. Um, and it's just always about being quick on your feet as a roaster or having people who can help bounce ideas around if something either is going great or not. Um, and it's always great to have a good circuit, like a great team of pallets. Like, I know this is really weird, but one of um, my workmates, she is allergic to stone fruits. So what she can associate as what would be a stone fruit to me might be something completely different in flavor to her, which creates a whole new profile. So it's really awesome. It's a fun game and it's, I love, I love being like fast on the ball. It can be stressful, but it is definitely more rewarding afterwards. I think it's um, your case is very unusual though, because you have all the people around you who are, um, very quick on pick up things and you have experience with internationals and this is nothing I mean this is not that common here I think because yeah. there is very little amount of people who would be very into different types of coffees in New Zealand I think so even if there is someone who would be able to roast the coffee differently I think they are afraid that they're not going to sell that coffee because people won't buy it. 
people don't need yeah. it. New Zealanders, with all respect to everyone who drinks coffee in New Zealand, but yeah. regular coffee drinker doesn't like changing anything yeah. in their coffee. Yeah. So even if you have customer who have really good connection with you and you chat every day and then you offer them a filter coffee instead of Americano, it's just like one on 20 people will actually go like, okay, I'll try. Yeah. But the rest is like, no, you know what? I'll stick to mine. And yeah. so why would rosters um, buy expensive coffee, risk that something might go wrong and then to put high price up for it because of course they have to cover the costs of roasting the coffee and importing it, but etc etc and then the product is gonna just waste because not many many people is gonna buy it it's like which I is very noticed. very very sad <laughs> but i think yeah. that is one of the reasons why the coffee doesn't really get different here because people just don't need that don't want that it's like I've noticed a lot of people have um, started, say, their little at-home roasters or, you know, side of things, which is really quite cool. But then on the other mm. side, it's also bringing out a lot of coffee that could have so much potential that just isn't quite hitting it on the nail. Yeah. But then some that absolutely smash it out of the ballpark, but they've only got a really small amount where you can't buy another bag. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or not even having coffee that has potential. I mean, we still, there is still coffee that is not quite up to scratch in our industry. And unfortunately, the reality is customers just aren't are fine with yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's the hardest thing in the industry is that for a country that's so espresso focused and the, the drink itself is so, pro, uh, sorry, yeah, brew method dom dominant, like, yeah, there are nuances in espresso, obviously, but less so than like say if not I wouldn't say less so than a filter probably more exaggerated than a filter but the reality is it's easy to get a bad espresso and so yeah just having a sort of safe coffee is almost key um you really can't mess around with that sort of yeah. side of things um and then you've got milk on top of that which yeah. is like 90 percent of our drinks <laughs> so it's tricky I think it's, it's tricky. super tricky it's it's super tricky and roasters find themselves in a real tough spot so it feels like they have to make a decision. They can get good quality coffee coming in with a bit of character and nuance and all of that. And then they have to make the decision about whether to get the most out of that and target that kind of, you know, the coffee nerds like us who enjoy that or quote unquote, and this is a quote actually from a roaster down south, roast the character out of it just so they can fit <laughs> the kind of... Um, the coffee market who is slightly beyond the uh, Makona have to mountain, um, but not quite at smashing a funky natural. And I think that the result of that, as you said earlier, Logan, you know, it kind of, it, it, it stymies innovation. It kind of pulls that back. And I guess for people like us, potentially, well, people like me um, make coffee a little bit boring on the flip side, for that market who five, ten years behind where I am in my coffee journey, that's actually quite exciting. That's kind yeah. of cool that finally roasters are making a decision that we're going to target these people and, you know, it might take a while. It might take a bit of education and we're not going to expose them to a mad apricot pie geisha anytime soon. 
but we're going to find a coffee, call the geisha, slightly roast a character out of it, and then they got the foot in the door. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, as someone who's like sort of, because we've I've sort of had my hand in quite a few stores, I think like the, not the problem, but I think the sort of opportunity, opportunity is almost close to the consumer and like doesn't, I mean, I shouldn't say roasting doesn't matter, but like roasting isn't where it's going wrong. It's sort of happening at the baristas. No offense. Um, no, no, or two. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're, we're all capable. See you later. But like the reality is, the reality is, yeah, hot out. Hey, I can still bomb. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the reality is, like, we've got so many cafes, and like the sort of education skill level in those cafes, where espresso is such a fickle me- brew method, that's where coffee's like, that's where it goes bad. And so, even if you have like a even a, like an just an okay coffee, it can still get a lot worse. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> so imagine then putting a better coffee into like because the majority of um, sort of the revenue in roasteries and stuff is wholesale. Um, I think as, as far as I'm aware, mm. um, I've only sort of yeah, and it's yeah. So <laughs> I think there's a lot of opportunity, which is a good thing. Like in terms of just getting baristas up to a like an equal level, um, but I'm. Just, can still very comfortably say there's not a lot of cafes are still very much hitting missing and the mark. I agree yeah I worked as a barista so I I worked with other people and I don't know whether my skills are up to you know high levels I like to believe that my coffee doesn't taste bad but um I agree and even as a customer like if I go to cafes that I'm hoping for getting a good coffee because I know what coffee roastery day having on the grinder. So I'm expecting yeah. this coffee to taste this way or at least to be pleasurable. And it's one big disappointment. So, why, yeah. That's, why is that? Oh, I, I think people just underestimate <laughs> um, the importance of little step during making a coffee, like leveling your grounds. <laughs> They have they 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 surround themselves with all the tools like pack press and stuff like this that think will help them making coffee better and being more consistent or more sorry more efficient, but they kind of stop caring with that, and they just take it as an excuse like oh my coffee didn't taste as great but maybe there's something wrong with pack press but they. They they tamp the coffee with the pack press with coffee saying like this in the basket. And I'm like, of course, it's not going to be good because you still have to distribute it before you tamp yeah. it sort of thing. So and then, yeah, you happen to work with people who don't care about those things. You try to explain them that it's actually very important <laughs> And they take you as a crazy person. And I'm not saying that it's everyone, but that's my <laughs> personal experience. Like most of people mm. don't really see the importance of those uh, steps. So the puck press is ruining coffee. That's the headline. Yeah. Yeah. It's ruining <laughs> yeah. Press the worst yeah. thing to happen to baristas <laughs> yeah. since RSI. Wow. Yeah, no, I always say that it's all good to have, uh, you know, cool gadgets, but you still have to yeah. know how you make the coffee without them and why you actually yeah. need them instead of using them for taking Nailed away it. from, like, taking you away from mm. thinking of what you're doing. Yeah. So, like, one thing that I'm actually still thankful for within my job role 
is that not only do I get to see it from green, but I get to see it from handing over to a customer. So I know what my product from roast end is tasting like machine end, you know, and that's, that's what I love about my job at the moment is, you know, that I can actually do go from one door into another and still, you know, create a good product. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it so, might be very saddening for roasters to put a lot of work and, you know, <laughs> efforts to to make a good coffee, to roast mm. a good coffee, and then it ends up in the hands of barista who doesn't give, a, you know, yeah. the smallest pack. <laughs> Interesting, though, like the places that I've been recently where I thought the baristas should be shite have blown me away and this, this is a shout out to wild bean and to everyone who's been involved in training the wild <laughs> bean baristas it's the most consistently amazing coffee you can get outside of the big the big centers and actually the flat white the the single origin colombian flat white that i had at the rotador bp has hands down been the best coffee i've had this year Nice. Wow. Right. Makes me want to go there now. <laughs> go, go there now. Check out the Major Rosso for more. Yeah. Um, but not, it's, not for all the views and gazers. I'm just going to go there for <laughs> petrol yeah. station, coffee, to Christchurch. It was insane. The quality across all of the, the VPs is, is, is mental. And it's obviously um, something that they've cared deeply about to train. As you say, train the bar. I don't know what coffee they use, but the baristas get every single little ounce out of that. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for automation. Like it is, it is good for quality, um, and like for places like Wildbean and airport stores and things like that, big volume stores. I think automation is the key to that. Um, I think long term wise, I'm just talking like from a mental perspective, it's not great on baristas. Um, you see a lot of them just switching off. It's like all of a sudden that sort of like manual, that tangible aspect of the what they enjoyed is sort of gone. Um, And so you're seeing a lot of them just going, that's where you get a lot of that like nonchalant sort of like not really caring, just like it just becomes so robotic. It's like, and like I said, it's, it's great for quality in that, but I definitely think that's where we're seeing a lot of just lack of like motivation and sort of like passion in the industry. It's just people just so. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. It's like the innovate, innovation can help and it might be so beneficial but only if you know how to use it properly and what it takes it Mm. with it instead of being like here's the smart machine it's gonna do all the job for you and you don't have to do anything but press buttons but also there's not many places who that actually have you know all the most expensive gadgets there are still cafes that don't have any of this mm. i'm not saying that it's bad because you can still make a good coffee in the equipment that you just clean regularly and service it and you know you know how to work with it but also in those places like people yeah. maybe because they think they could have better equipment so with this they also don't really try harder um, yeah, but I think that's very true that it might be also on baristas that we can ruin the best beans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I think it's where we see the sort of different roles in cafes, right? You see like some places, you, it's like a little bit about expectations where you go to some places, like you go to a roastery cafe um, and you'll have a good expectation. You also expect the atmosphere and stuff. And so that ov- overall sort of like, um, uh, not commits, but, you know, like contributes to the overall impression like, of the coffee. Whereas like Wild well, Bean, um, I don't think you're expecting some nice lounge music and stuff like that. So, good point. You know, with, with a good coffee, it's, it's going to be a yeah, good coffee. Yeah, like I can handle a bad <laughs> coffee if I know that it's not going to be amazing mm. or the best coffee of my life. Yeah. I know mm-hmm. where to set my expectations and then I am less disappointed if that coffee is not great. But if someone think, aims yeah. to be like a high-level coffee cafe and it's not good and like something's wrong here yeah yeah absolutely and it's like where the price like again prices are still like they should be higher but like there's still where like from a consumer perspective whether that part of that expectation comes in now all of a sudden they're paying like six dollars for like a coffee and they have that higher expectation and so if it's not up to scratch then it's really not up to scratch completely man you guys are amazing so what I have taken from that and a question that I want to ask to all of you is technology making the coffee preparation for the barista boring and is it also then in turn making coffee boring because the barista is no longer as hands-on <laughs> but i i i maybe i was too like stern and what i was saying because i think nah not at all not um, at all you still can get machines coffee mm-hmm. machines for example that i wish i worked on one day and they are not going to be taking any fun away oh. from me <laughs> because yeah. you can just play with like pressures during the extraction or the water flow, temperature, everything. You have such an easy access to this and that Mm -hmm. will make your coffee tasting differently. Completely. And so that's not boring at all. Or you have grinders that you can program three different settings and changing them depending on how busy you are. Like go stuff like this. So it can be exciting. You just need to get your hands on it and understand what you can use it for. Exactly. So then, right, with the coffee tech and the toys and the things we can use within the cafes, like the cool slayers, you know, like everybody wants to be working on like a slayer espresso machine, right? Everybody wants to have one of the newest fancy automatic milk frothing machines, which by the way, McDonald's. I don't, I don't want that. (laughs) Okay. Obviously not, <laughs> which, anyway, side note, which, by the way, McDonald's have uh, have the moose milk machine. What? And I'm like, what? I'm like, <laughs> McDonald's, of all places, has a automatic milk frother machine. It's just like, what? Well, I think anyway. it's for the efficiency, right? Yeah, More yeah, yeah, it's for that end. Yeah. Convenience, exactly. Yeah. And it also goes back to what Logan was saying too, mm. as they're a very high kind of volume place, right? Mm. So of course, for those of you, I think you've all been into the hangar. Um, of course, we had a Uber milk. 
um, which yeah. of course would steam and would steam and froth your milk for you. And throughout the nearly two years that I was working at the hangar, the amount of conversations that I had with customers being like, oh, I don't feel like that's a very personal touch. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, but is your coffee, is your milk texture of your coffee consistent every single time you come in? They say, yeah. And I'm like, well, then that's my job done, right? You know, I've, I'm mm-hmm. keep, I'm continuing to make that person happy. Logan, watch out. <laughs> I'm continuing to make that person happy because, you know, exactly as we've all kind of touched on within New Zealand and for most of the world, we all love a flat white. We all love a latte. We all love a mocha. And they don't care really about the coffee. All they care about is, is the milk temperature at the right temperature? Is my cup warm enough? Is the handle of my cup warm enough? You know? So then is coffee, is, is, sorry, is technology within coffee taking away that personal side of it and then also making it just not what people are into anymore because there's too there's there's too much going on that's taking it away from a bit of a personal feeling which is also why I would think we're seeing a bit more of a rise within people buying espresso machines for home you're seeing let's face it we're seeing the rise of Breville Breville is pretty much taking over the home scene at the moment don't get me wrong their machines are fantastic. Like what they've done with those machines. Right. I'm like, you guys are great. And you've got some, you've got some great technology within them. It goes back to it, right? There's some great technology in there to help make it as seamless as it can be for people. So then my next question to technology, and it goes back to what Logan was saying around and, um, Yeah, around like the passion side of it, right? So we've all spoken about how we want to use those machines. And, you know, it's 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 great to have all of that coffee tech and all that cool stuff in there. But if you're not being trained by someone that's passionate about what they do, you're just gonna be brought in by the cool toys. You're not gonna be brought in by the coffee, right? Yeah. Stamped. (laughs) Well, let's it's, it's almost conflating a few different things here, right? Because yeah, you know, the mood is, is, is coffee is. boring. Boring, mm-hmm. boring isn't bad, or it doesn't necessarily mm. mean need to be bad. Uh, boring nah. could be a consistently excellent coffee every single day, made Completely. beautifully by uh, a barista who pulls the amazing shot with an amazing coffee and milk prepped. However, mm-hmm. um, so I mean it, to. When you add the layer of technology on top of it, it might make it, it might make the experience boring for the person working, um, and take the joy factor out of the the kind of skill and expertise that they've worked long and hard to kind of master. But for mm-hmm. a consumer, boring doesn't necessarily mean to be bad. It just it just could be I'm getting a great coffee every time, and great is okay yeah. after a while because you just get used to it. And it's like the, the the exciting bit of a coffee actually isn't a great well-made coffee. It's it's something else. And it's either yeah. new corners of coffee that you've never tasted or it's the theater around the preparation of the coffee, right? Mm, mm. Well, it's like, is... is well, it's, it's just like, is... Yeah, Jay, is, go for it. Um, 
coffee <clears throat> tech, especially going to be a generational thing. You know, it's like you think back to a cassette tape and kids nowadays won't have any idea what it is. So it's like you give them a tamp and then 10 years down the track, they're going to be like, what is this? You know, or is it all going to be fully like puck press, everything like that? Like, I'm personally not sold on a puck press. And me and one of my workmates talk about this a lot because they're all for it and I'm just not. And I don't know why. I just feel like it is a barista. It is great to have new technology, new toys, everything like that. But there's something about being manual. There's something about feeling the coffee, knowing the smells, everything like that. Feeling the milk, obviously, is a big one as well. Like you could go to a regular cafe that you would say go to every every other day and you see your favorite barista on. They're your favorite for a reason, you know, mm-hmm. or yes, that does say that there's a consistency thing that's obviously not flowing through other mm-hmm. workers. But, I mean, at least you know that their product is is good and consistent and, yeah. Yeah, and I agree also with the whole theater experience. And it's used to happen to me quite often when I was working at Black Betty Cafe. It, it is still a still very busy place and people, were, when they line up to place the order, they stand right to the coffee station and sometimes they were standing for like 20 minutes in the line to place the order because we were this busy, this many people and they what they do, they just watch us working. And so quite often people were coming up saying that it's a pleasure for them to observe us how we work with each other and the routine that we have every single step we take it's like a dancing choreography and I find it super satisfying because it's not just the taste of the coffee and the texture of the milk but it's also the kind of performance like customers can very quickly see that you like to make a coffee and you don't have to speak to one another if you work with another baristas or even just front of house people who would be helping you with teaspoons running your coffees you work like very nicely performing team Mm. Mm -hmm. and it's very visible for customers and that's why they also come back because we give them the impression that we exactly that we know what we're doing exactly and yeah with the technology you don't have that no i think um back when like all these new texts was um touted as the sort of the savior of the industry a lot of a lot of the talk around it was that it gave baristas time to free up like freed up baristas to like talk to customers as well i don't think like we i don't think that's translating as well like you've got baristas that are just a bit more disengaged um and yeah, I think part of that theatre, but also part of that service, it's, yeah, it's sort of losing its edge a bit. It is, it is really yeah. good if you're a busy place and you really have like mm. people who you work with change very often, like it's hospitality, let's be you know honest, mm. people change jobs <laughs> very quickly in this industry. Yep. So mm. to keep yep. the standards... Of course, it might help. It might speed up your work. But 
for me at least personally it definitely takes away some of the fun of the coffee preparation and yeah that's why i was like mm-hmm. no i don't want to have those robots milk steaming machines because i want to do it <laughs> myself and i might spend like yep. two extra seconds on steaming that milk but i can make up for this in different you know multitasking yeah. periods while i make a coffee mm-hmm so I think if you really know how to move around your coffee machine, you can be really efficient yeah. without that. Yeah, completely. So rather controversially, can I say like baristas, I think just as a whole, like generally need to slow down as well. Like I think that's sort of, yeah, right. like I feel like consumers just getting in the mindset where it's just like a absolute, it's just a machine. And that's Good like, point. take aside, like people are just like, Where's my flat white? Yeah. Where's my long black? And there's like, I think as a <laughs> whole, the industry minutes, just needs to coffee? slow down. Yeah. Like, I, I know, I know we're trying to, but like, we can still do like decent coffee. Like, like you said, find, find different spots and workflow, yeah. um, a little bit more time on um, milk, just splitting and um, passing it over to other baristas. Mm. But yeah, I think, yeah, like part of that, sort of the, what customers are so in awe about with the whole um, cafes is that it's a bit, they can stop and watch. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I just, yeah, I don't like the idea of just like pumping out volume. Yeah. Like I get it's like, let's be, let's be honest. Coffee isn't profitable by itself. Yeah. Like if you're selling wet coffee, it's not going to be the reason mm-hmm. you're in business. <laughs> Completely. Um, and so I think a lot of, um, yeah, sort of cafes use that more as a platform to like, yeah, really create the ambiance because yeah, cafes are based around the machine and that sort of theater is what in service is what brings people yep. back. Um, and like no one likes being in like just in a, like a line for t- 20 minutes and then all of a sudden they're just passed out the other way. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's all a bit, um, yeah, I don't, yeah, just, yeah, not, not the right word, but mm-hmm. I just feel very impersonal. Slowing down is is uh, a real interesting point, right? Because it can, like, you go into a cafe, particularly when it's busy. You don't want to be the person who points to the V sixteen and say, "I want one of those," because yeah, in a mad rush and the barista is pulling shots and stuff, they're just going to look at you and be like, "Come on, man! Like, look, we're busy. I don't have time <laughs> yeah. to stand over, stand over doing like beautiful little concentric circles." Yeah, and I haven't been it- in the toilet for like five hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you. Just- and, and that can be like a um, like a barrier to people trying new things because I mean, particularly New Zealanders, right? I mean, like we just walk into a place, we wouldn't be like, I don't, I don't care how busy you are. That's what I want. I demand it. Make it for me. I'm paying you good money. Mm. But you, you can feel really put off just by the kind of yeah. nature of like, right? It's busy. People need to pull, and mm. and it's understandable, right? Because people. Yeah, you might have like twenty people waiting for the espresso. You don't want one guy just taking up half that half that space. But I mean, there's a used to be a cafe in Wellington. I won't name check them because I love them. Um, that like you walked in at the wrong time, you couldn't get a siphon, and you're just like, you know, I really, I really, you bring in some friends. You're like, I like got to show you the siphon. It's beautiful. It's all this theatre. It like glows. It's like a crazy little thing. And you walk in there, and be like, nah, bro. Nah, we're like, you know, we got the scones on the machine. We like doing some long blacks and stuff. You can't have, and, and yeah, it's an opportunity missed to introduce someone yeah. to a cool new cof, uh, coffee corner. But in, in in many respects, it's really understandable. You know, the realities of of working in a cafe and running a business like that kind of probably mean that kind of helping people through 
the journey of trying something new, something exciting, something that isn't boring. Um, it's kind of put to the back burner. I think a lot of that can be come come, come down to sort of the overall say, sort of cafe management as well. Like you can still do fast coffee, um, but just without the air of sort of yeah. chaos. Like just just a really small, genuine touch. Like if someone's like. Um, just like a conversation to the person like while between the sort of like say they're waiting four minutes for coffee a convert like a, a prompt at like two minutes just saying hey how's your day going just small things that sort of like break up that sort of like concept of time and i don't like for places that are like full up it's yeah it's a bit harder to sort of combat that um it's sort of there's sort of no way around that like there are some places which are like really tiny and they just like pump through volume and yeah like great places but also a bit like yeah just yeah input yeah in my personal opinion and personal yeah i think sometimes customers look at baristas like robots who just have to make them drinks that they paid for and no matter what mm. is going on actually behind the coffee machine or there might be people who order one coffee there's nobody else in the cafe you have just one docker up but your grinder started to <laughs> be mean and you have to readjust your grind and they don't know what you're actually doing what you're doing you're making that coffee taste as good as possible but they just come up like well there's nobody around where's my coffee and it's very difficult to for someone who just doesn't even want to listen to explanation like yeah i know you're waiting but i'm actually making that coffee better for you so it's worth for you to mm -hmm. wait another two minutes yeah customers sometimes don't want to listen it's no. a real underappreciation of the art and skill of baristas. And that's why people yeah. refuse to pay, you know, more than $4.50 or $5 for a flat white. Completely. I mean, you wouldn't have that argument with a lawyer. You're like, yeah. are you charging me 400 bucks yeah. an hour? Nah, man, I'll give you 150 and we'll, you know, and I want it now. <laughs> but I mean, it's a skill, right? And it's an art and it takes dedication and all of that to be even mediocre, even if you're a mediocre barista super inconsistent like it still takes a while to get there and you still need to appreciate mm. that and i think new zealanders need to give themselves an uppercut sometimes and just be yeah. like actually these are skilled professionals they yeah. are making creating an experience for me i need to respect yeah. that process and respect that person pay them yeah a, a proper and fair value for their coffee and not just be all dickheadishness when you're just like <laughs> come on man I want my I want my I want my long black now come on yeah yeah i think that's where we see a lot of the technology undermining it even mm, further yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden it's like oh it's so yeah i feel like it's only recently within the last five years that it's actually been seen as a skill especially right. in new zealand yeah like otherwise yeah. it's just been oh you work hospo so what's mm -hmm. your actual career move exactly rather than <laughs> this is my career move this is a skill set these make coffee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> completely. No brain. No brain. Here. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 